1: How much time do I have? Uh, You're not hearing what? I'm ready to go when you are. Check one, two, three. Check one, two, three. Hello, I'm ready to go when you are. I've got it rebooted. Are you there? Yes, go ahead. Okay, how much time do we have?
2: There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. He's the only shelter from the coming storm.
1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress
0: from the His.
1: I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. We've been having some very painful, difficult computer issues this morning, but we're on. And I have a message to share with you. We're going to look at a number of passages of Scripture. But the question is, when does Jesus come? I live for the day Jesus comes. My heart longs for his coming. And the disciples, as they were with Jesus in person, walking away from the temple, they had also that question, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? In other words, when are you coming? I want to read his answer, and then we want to look together at the book of Revelation. And I want you to begin to wonder with me, how do we put together what Jesus said with what it says in Revelation, because surely the book of Revelation is the last expression of the risen Lord to his disciple John as he outlines for us the very end of the age. The book of Revelation is not easy. I have studied it both academically in meditation and prayer reading it hundreds of times, trying to say, Lord, I don't understand. Will you help me understand this? I've got to know what it means. So please follow me in a Bible, and let's look closely. I'm going to read to you from the New International Version, but it's an old New International, not the modern one. Matthew, the 24th chapter. I'll begin in verse 4. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all of these are the beginning of birth pangs. We see nation rising against nation, Russia against Ukraine, NATO against Russia, the coming war with China and Taiwan, We see now, right now, if we count, there are about 45 wars that are being waged around the world. Some are minor and some are are major and could lead to a world war. Verse 9, then you will be handed over to be persecuted. So in other words, we're going to have wars and rumors of wars. We're going to have famines and earthquakes And then something is going to change and Christians will be severely persecuted and put to death. This happens before Jesus comes again. You will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. And that word, will grow cold, is literally in the Greek, it's a verb, to be breathed upon gently, to chill slowly. In other words, as we come toward the time of the end, Things will happen that will cause God's people to grow cold in their hearts, lukewarm and then cold. And that's happened in America already. Very small percentage of those who call themselves Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Every kind of false teaching has entered in. Verse 13, this is Matthew twenty four thirteen. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Now, let's skip down uh, to verse 26. So if anyone tells you, there he is out in the desert, do not go out. Or, here he is in the inner room, do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. In other words, there are going to be many dead. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the bodily heavens will be shaken. At that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of glory with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know it is near right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not certainly pass away Until all these things have happened. What things? All of these things that he's prophesying. They'll happen very quickly. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about the day or the hour or even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, I want to be clear today. I'm going to give you some dates for certain things happening that I believe will take place. I am not going to give you a date for the coming of Jesus, but I am going to tell you when I expect him and when I believe he will come and what will be happening on the earth when he comes. Verse 37, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. So when Jesus comes, there's going to be normalcy on the earth, in part. People will be still getting married, building houses, it says, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, One will be taken and the other left. The one who's left is the one who will die. The one who is taken is the one who is taken with Jesus into the heavens. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. I expect Jesus every day. When I awakened in the morning, I say, Jesus, are you coming today? Please come. I'm looking for the coming of Jesus. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. I expect him every moment. My heart is set on his coming. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his servants? So, that's Matthew 24. Then we come to Revelation. Where in Revelation is the coming of Jesus described as it's described in Matthew 24 well we could quickly go to the passage of scripture in revelation that talks about the coming I'll turn there quickly I'm um, It's Jesus as he comes with great glory. And it's found in the 14th chapter. I looked and there before me in verse 14 was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like the son of man. With a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice, Take your sharp sickle, gather the clusters of grape from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. And the angel swung his sickle over the earth and gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. Okay. That's close to the description that Jesus gave in Matthew 24. But then as we continue to look, we find again that Jesus comes in great power. I want to read it for you. Revelation 19, verse 11. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true with justice he judges and makes war his eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns he has a name written on him that no one knows but himself he's dressed in a white robe dripped in blood and his dipped in blood and his name is the word of god And in this description, in the 19th chapter, the beast is captured. With him, the false prophet is captured. And they are thrown into the fire. It's the end of them. And then in the 20th chapter, you have an angel coming down from heaven, binding Satan for 1,000 years so that he cannot go out and deceive the nations And then there's a great white throne and it's what we call the white throne judgment where the dead are all coming before God. And if their name is not found written in the lamb's book of life, they are cast into the fire. Now, no Christian who is saved will have to go to this great white throne judgment, but it is a just judgment. And frankly, you have to decide, are you going to be one of those who turns cold, who walks in your own arrogance, who walks in your own wisdom, and you have denied Jesus Christ, then you will not voluntarily appear. You will appear as one being brought from jail, and you will stand before the court of God, and Jesus will render a judgment regarding your eternal state. Now, if you understand what I just said, it's terrifying. You do not want to appear at the great white throne judgment. It says, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Everything you think and everything you do is recorded in the books. It will be reviewed on that great day. And if you have not been hidden in Jesus Christ, you will be hellbound. It says every person judged according to what he had done and then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, I come back and ask the question, when does Jesus come? Well, it's clear the second coming of Jesus is not when he comes riding on his white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. This is symbolic stuff. He judges the nations and destroys the wicked. And we go into the millennium. That cannot be the second coming because God's people come with him. The armies of heaven made up of the saved saints come with Jesus riding on their steeds. So, To understand when Jesus is going to come in the timeline of Revelation, we have to go back, and you remember yesterday I said to you, the seals are the secret. It is the outline of God's program of bringing the final release of his people and the judgment of the wicked. Then everything must fit into that schedule of what God is about. So the seals are not what the devil is about. It's what God is about. So when we come to the fourth seal, and I believe we are now in the third seal Now, this is important because if I'm correct, and we are in the third seal. Where there is a total financial reset. And that's happening now, not just in America. It's happening all over the world. There is a financial reset happening in Russia, in China, all of Asia. There's a happening all over Europe. Right now, Saudi Arabia is negotiating with Russia to begin letting Russia pay in rubles for oil from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia will not even take President Biden's phone calls. President Biden has broken the agreement with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia was enraged by what he did in pulling out of Afghanistan and other promises made to the Arab kingdom that he broke. And so literally, President Biden has done the final work of destruction in the petrodollar. And now the petrodollar is increasing its rush to the bottom of all currency, which will be 0 but so is the euro. All the world's currencies are rushing to the bottom to be the first to be to zero. And so the dollar is being destroyed. We call it inflation. I filled my gas tank yesterday. I paid well over $40. And I only bought 10 gallons. We're seeing the destruction of the dollar. When I was a a little boy, I remember very clearly the first time my daddy bought my brother Don and I an ice cream cone. He went in the store and he brought out We had not had ice cream, by the way. We didn't have a freezer in our house. We had no refrigerator in our house. We used ice. We had no electricity in our house. We had no running water in our house. We had to use an outhouse. We had no central heat, no air conditioning. So I remember the first time I was sitting in the back... Of our gray 1936 Chevrolet, beautiful car. And Daddy went in a store and said, I have a surprise for you. And he came out and gave each of us an ice cream cone. It was soft ice cream. He paid a nickel apiece for those ice cream cones. I remember when I first was driving. I went to the gas station in Pennsylvania, Sharpsville, close to where we lived. I paid 18 cents a gallon for gasoline, regular gasoline. Well, has has gasoline gone up in price? No. The dollar has lost its value. Gasoline is gasoline. It's the dollar that's losing its value. And the Federal Reserve is printing as much money as they can print, just cranking it out. It's not printed money. It's just digits in the computer. And they're buying up assets. They're buying up land. They're buying up treasure so that when the dollar is worth zero, and by the way, inflation is what they are choosing to do, inflation does not happen by accident the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government is intentionally, along with other governments in the world, causing their currencies to go to zero. Now, given that we are going to zero, there will be a great financial reset. And in that reset, they're going to bring out, according to their plan now, a closed-loop digital currency. And the only way you'll be able to get money is by having on your computer, your cell phone, a digital purse, like with cryptocurrencies. And you won't use money anymore. You won't use dollar bills or quarters, or dimes, or nickels. That will be over. And now the government can totally control anything you spend. So, as one man said, you're going to own nothing and be happy. Because the government will tell you where to work, when to work, what to do. You will be a slave of the new world order. That's not appealing to me. I hate the very idea of it. But it is the setup that will lead very rapidly in our lifetime, very rapidly, to the mark of the beast. The beast's power is already rising. And so, this third seal is God moving to cause a great financial reset where a quart of wheat for a day's wages, three quarts of barley for a day's wages, where you will just barely be able to survive, and many will die of famine. Now, the fourth seal I spoke of yesterday, it is a pale horse that is released. Its rider was Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given the power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. More than 70 million Americans will die during this fourth seal. But also during that time will come intense persecution. Many of us will lose our lives. Now, in the fifth seal, the souls that have been beheaded for the gospel of Jesus Christ are calling out in a loud voice to the Lord and saying, How long, O Lord? How long until you judge? And he's, they're told, Wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers Who were to be killed as they have been completed. So during the fifth seal. There will be a great crying out in heaven against what's happening. And they will be told to be patient. But executions. Murder will continue. During this fifth seal. Then in verse 12. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black. The sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. The stars in the sky fell to the earth. You understand, when there's a great earthquake, there is also much volcanic action. A lot of dust and debris is going to be shot up in the air the sun is going to be blacked out and the moon is going to look red. It says the stars of the sky will fall. In this earthquake, mountains and islands will be removed from their places. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich and the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they call to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand. It's in the sixth seal that we see Jesus returning to take his people home. Now, a part of the sixth seal is the sealing of the 144,000. I don't know if that number is a literal number or a symbolic number. But look at verse 9. After this, this is chapter 7 of Revelation, verse 9. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength to our God forever and ever. Then one of the elders asked me, those in the white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. He said, they are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. I want you to hear that. It is in the great tribulation that Jesus comes for his people. That's how I understand this. Now, you may disagree, please. I'm sharing with you my understanding, but I've learned don't claim to be right and don't judge what other people say but it gives me great courage to know how close we are to the coming of Jesus, to his coming in power and glory. Now they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them and never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst and the sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. You need to hear that. Before the coming of the Lord, during the first part of the tribulation, Christians are going to be running for their lives. They're going to be hungry. They're going to be thirsty. There will be scorching heat upon them. But Jesus is coming. The time is very short. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now we come chapter eight to the seventh seal. In the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. I've wondered what's that silence about? One theologian that I have great respect for took the position that this half hour of silence in heaven was because people were so shocked by what they saw coming upon the earth. The saints and the angels, everyone, watched as they saw what God was going to do. And all they could do is be silent before Almighty God. I don't know if that's what the half hour of silence is like. And I don't know that a half hour there is the same as a half hour in heaven or here. But now there are seven trumpets under the seventh seal. Remember what I've said to you. That the seven seals, and that includes the seven trumpets and the seven thunders. This is all what God is doing to bring to conclusion the redemption of his people and the destruction of all sin and those who live in wickedness. The seventh seal. An angel was given a golden censer. He came and stood at the altar. This is the altar in heaven. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. This is in the tabernacle in heaven. He was to offer this incense on the golden altar before the throne of God. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. And then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it upon the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumbling, flashes of lightning and earthquake. And then the seven angels, who had the seven trumpets, prepared to sound them. The first angel sounded his trumpet. And there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down upon the earth a third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Now, let me be very clear with you. I believe that Jesus comes in the sixth seal. That's what the evidence seems to point to that Jesus is coming, that what we have before us, what we have before us is a total reset of our economy, poverty, deprivation. Then in the fourth seal, we have God's people on the run hiding being killed being searched out and murdered I don't know will it be the guillotine or burned at the stake or hung however it is God's people are going to die in many many ways I believe we are right on the verge of a last day proclamation of the gospel as Jesus promised in Matthew 24. I believe there will be a powerful testimony borne by men and angels during this time. See, our task is to take the rest of the book of Revelation with the devil's actions and some actions by God and find where they fit in the timeline that Jesus opened with the seals for the redemption of both his Jewish people and the Gentile people who have come and bowed at the knee of Jesus, bowed their knee to Jesus. So the fourth and the fifth seals will be times of famine. And death and plague and wild animals and God's people are going to be on the run. America will scapegoat Christians even as Hitler scapegoated the Jews. Christians will be put in internment centers and they'll be executed in America. You continue into the fifth seal and we're waiting for the full number to be killed that Jesus has set as necessary. I believe many of these people will be people who have newly repented and their faith is sorely tried to see if they will turn against the Lord God when they face death. But many of us will die during this time. The sixth seal, when it is opened, I believe, is a description of the coming of Jesus. Now, this this message will be continued tomorrow. I'm going to share with you what Dr. Tom Horn has, has prophesied. Dr. Horn is a very respected Christian author, producer, he is a man who's been a pastor, everything that he has prophesied has come true 100%, and he has made an astonishing prediction, prophecy about Wormwood, about Apophis, we'll talk about that tomorrow. And the time and dates, if this is true, then we could expect the tribulation to begin in 2025. I'm not going to set dates, but halfway through the tribulation, this asteroid. is supposed to hit the Earth. Now, NASA NASA is saying no. No, we made miscalculations. They wouldn't tell us if they knew. I believe this asteroid that we'll talk about tomorrow will strike the Earth. I hope you're hearing... I've studied the word all my life. I've been a pastor for more than 50 years. I believe we've come to the time of the end. A man yesterday said to me, my wife is a better Christian than I am. He said, I don't go to church anymore. The pastor wants me to do too much. So my wife goes every week. I said, my brother... Are you a Christian? Yes. But you're not a Christian who's on his way to heaven. You're called by God to be the head of your household, and you're not. You're not setting an example for your wife. You're leading her astray, if possible. So when are you going to stop playing with the gospel and become a real Christian? He looked at me. He said, you're right. Well, when are you going to do that? Don't tell me I'm right. Tell me when you're going to change. We had a very frank conversation. He's a businessman. I'll go back to his business and visit him and talk with him again and ask if he's made any changes with Jesus. He knows there's sin in his life. He knows he's in rebellion, but he won't do anything about it. That's why I need to come back again today as we close this message and share with you this word that the Lord gave me. I don't have a date on it. It's written in my Bible. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was spoken to me. I don't don't know, but I know it's truth. So I'm going to read it for you. First, listen. Second, repent. And the Lord says, I have broken the staff of correction over the backs of my sheep who long for different pastures and whose heart is fat on that which is not holy. I will now let them pursue their own lust and I will no longer stand in their way. Many times God has stood in my way and blocked my path like he did Balaam's when I was on the wrong course out of the lust of my own heart. He corrected me in kindness. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, he disciplined me with scourging, often in a very painful manner. I am still enduring that scourging from God by having an extended time out that has now been a number of years. I want to say to you, God brings discipline upon us for the sake of righteousness, that a harvest of righteousness could be brought forth. He's coming to a time when he's going to say, let the filthy be filthy and let the righteous be righteous. And you no longer stand in your way. He will let you go to your heart's desire. What is your heart's desire? Is it first and foremost Jesus and the way of the cross? Are you into prayer? Hours? Hours? into prayer. Oh, pastor, I don't have time. No, you don't have time when you sit and watch TV all the time, or when you're on your cell phone all the time, or when you're on the internet all the time. You don't have time. So where is your heart? Is it fat on the news? Is it fat on the entertainment? Is it fat on your lust after money? One man I addressed very forcefully, and I said to him, you must make a decision. He was a young man. You must make a decision. You are so filled with lust for money, it has consumed you. You want the lifestyle of the rich and the famous, but you are called to be a Christian. You say you're a Christian, but in fact, you're not a Christian at all because your heart is filled with the desire and the lust for money. Please, answer me honestly. What is your heart filled with? What do you lust after? Is it friendship? Is your heart filled with bitterness and rage and anger? Have you cut people off? Is your heart filled with judgments and anger? All I can tell you today is... The day is coming when Jesus is going to say, okay, if that's what you really want, go get it. Like he did Balaam. Now we're almost out of time today. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. And I'm inviting you to do whatever you have to do to get right with Jesus. Tomorrow, we're going to continue this message, part two, when does Jesus come? And I'm going to go specifically into some dates and times, even though I'm not going to predict the day of Jesus coming. But we can know when it's close. I want to say thank you to Denise and Dirk and a number of you. Chris, who have been giving. We're still a long way from where we need to be, but we're getting much closer. Almost $1,000 came in yesterday for radio. I'm very grateful. Cheryl, thank you. Thank you. So please go to our webpage, NationalPrayerChapel.com And you can give online. You can also write to me at National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 That is National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia Two two one nine five. I also want to thank some of you who give money for the poor because part of what we do at the prayer chapel is we help the poor we help those who need help as the Lord opens the way for us to do that I think that's a vital part of the ministry of the gospel well we're out of time God bless you I love you Pray, pray, pray. Get right with Jesus. I'll talk to you soon. It's okay
2: to.